Hello and welcome to the Plus One to Hit podcast. My name is James, I'm blind and I'm your host. We're a disability and inclusivity positive podcast that focuses on Games Workshops, Warhammer 40,000, Necromunda, Inquisitor and Age of Sigmar games. Here's what we've got coming up this episode. First off, I get together with Graham, Mark and Quirky to talk about the final session in our recent Inquisitor mission. Next, Graham, Mark and I talk about recent Games Workshop releases. And finally, Mark and I get together to talk about the upcoming Necromunda SumpCon event. First up, I'm joined by Graham. How are we doing? Mark. Hello. And Quirky. Bonjour. So what we're going to do is we're going to wrap up our recently finished Inquisitor mission. Uh, just take you through what we've done there. And uh, yeah, let's let's see how that went for us all, shall we? Oh dear. Not good. Yeah. Actually, now, I was all right. <laughs> well, this is true. Now, obviously, yeah. we haven't got Jim, so we're sort of filling in for him. But uh, where do we start? My God. Um, where we got to at the end of the last episode was it was all kicking off really wasn't it there was stuff going on all over the shop sadly it didn't end very well for my character she uh got knocked down uh she is a bit of an ambitious move got knocked down and knocked out completely took so much damage she was completely done it was a very quiet session for me <laughs> didn't you roll like four dice or something i don't think i actually rolled a dice <laughs> really <laughs> i don't think so because i she was so badly damaged. Obviously, Sarah, the GM, was uh, had rolled all the damage that she took, uh, and basically, yeah, she was done. Like she was still so much damage, so much, so much system shock, etc. That uh, she yeah. just literally killed over, bless her, and was out of it. Yes, that's right. Because she took um, she took a headshot, didn't she? She took a she, she took an everywhere shot in the head, <laughs> in the stomach. I think she got shot in both arms. It was bad. It was it wasn't pretty. <laughs> So that was all kicking off on top of the building, wasn't it? And my guy, my my crute, I should say, Crow, he sort of came along and started getting stuck in as well, didn't he? Um, and that didn't go brilliantly for me either, although ultimately it did pay off. So what I should say is you may want to go back and listen to episode nine before continuing with this section because... It's probably not going to make any sense whatsoever if you haven't heard the previous part. So basically what happened with my guy uh, after Aurelia got basically taken out, not completely killed, but, you know, sort of taken down. My character Crow, who's a crute mercenary, he had one of these mysterious figures looming over him, basically aiming a, a pistol at him and... He says something along the lines of, let's make this interesting, get on your feet and run. So Crow being the crute that he is, he decides, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. So he uh, pulls his photon flash grenade, basically drops it at this uh, mysterious person's feet, lets it explode and shot him with his Canid multi-launcher. And I didn't absolutely dying to use that weapon so how it works is it draws its energy from the body of the wielder 
because it's an implanted weapon. So um, you roll your number of dice for the number of shots you get, and then you've resolved the hits. The firing character then has to take a toughness test, and if it's failed, then the toughness of that character is reduced, and it's you can't get it back. Uh, so it has like a debilitating effect the more you shoot the weapon, which is quite cool. But I was dying to use this thing because I knew I was going to fire a load of shots at this this dude. So um, I think he ended up with something like seven shots, and quite a few of them hit and did quite a bit of damage. Yeah, you hit him in several locations. So you got him in the chest. Um, he took heavy damage to his head, took heavy damage to his right arm. You hit him in the abdomen. You got a critical hit there. You hit him in the groin as well, and you got a critical injury in the groin as well. So Nice. Yeah. So, so that, I, I was pretty chuffed with that, actually. And I did pass the, the toughness test for him as well. So I didn't actually suffer in losing any toughness from that. So it was, it was pretty cool. But then... Crow being Crow, he decided that he hadn't quite finished with it. So he basically leapt on him and attacked him with his Galfite Lacerator, which is his close combat weapon, which is another implanted weapon. So it's like a, um, a bladed claw, if you think of it that way. It's pretty cool. Ultimately, I think I basically killed this guy, didn't I? He was unconscious. I think you got him to the point where he was unconscious. Oh, that was right. killed him. Yeah, because yeah, because once he was unconscious, he was no longer a threat. So we decided to move on, or Crow decided to move on. Rather, that's right. And that was kind of it. That all happened in two rounds, I think. I think that was one turn. That oh, was it. All that was one turn. Yeah. The um, assailant telling you to run was the GM's turn. Um, all all your actions from dropping the photon flash grenade up up to you know this guy being unconscious was all your turn so you did a lot of damage in that one turn yeah and then it did go a little bit tits up though didn't it but we'll come <laughs> back to that in a minute so what happened with with you, you guys characters then my character uh brucey he um well throughout the whole of the inquisitor really he, he put in the most amount of exercise i think he's ever done and uh you know that didn't really stop in this particular last round. So I went off chasing this cat thing that I was trying to chase. Um, and um, yeah, basically followed it into a pyramid style building thing at one, you know, one corner. There was four of these pyramids on each on, on each corner of the map. And I followed him into one, which was where Jim's character was. And uh, yeah, there wasn't really anything there. So um yeah, I just sort of like turned around and went and tried to save my, you know, colleague and friend. And uh, that was kind of it, really. Like, so it wasn't the most exciting round for Bruce. Actually, well, well, there was around. there was something else, though, wasn't there? Because when you went in, wasn't I keep calling him Pumbard, but the, uh, the yeah, oh, true. Yeah, he was in there. Yeah, he was in there. So I did get in a little scuffle. But he was doing something to Sasada, Jim's character, wasn't he? Wasn't he, or am I yeah. misremembering? No, hey, I think you're right, actually, wasn't he? I've completely forgotten that. He was giving him a, a good lick, wasn't he? A bit of a lick, yeah. yeah. If I remember rightly, the, the little cat thing was was sort of sitting on Sasada's chest and he was licking his wounds, but as he was licking them, they were healing. Yes, no, you are right. Yeah, no, you are right. It's all coming back to me a little bit now. Because it was at that point, I think, and Quirky will probably know this from his notes better than I can remember but I think at that point that's when Brucey left the 
the pyramid that he was in, but Quirky's character Deadeye was entering one of the other pyramids and came across something there. That's that all happened in the same turn, didn't it? Yeah. So for anyone who listened to the last podcast episode, you'll know that I fell down some stairs. Um and I'll save a tick. Exactly, yeah. Because it was the end of the session as well, so that's very apt. So basically, uh, Deadeye got up, healed the damage to his abdomen, and then stood up in the corridor and um, was sidling down this corridor. It opened out into this room with a load of stuff in it. Various objects, broken bits of bass, pottery. But there was one crystal cut square there that was on a plinth and it had, with decorative pieces around it. Um, in the middle of the room and Deadeye asked on the comms you know if anybody's still alive up there and everybody sort of being you know either fighting or out of action uh, in Aurelia's case or you know chasing a cat pig in Brucey's case um, no one answered so picked up this thing because it had some fingerprints on it but it was kind of still dusty so he picked it up he figured it must be of some importance and found it to be really cold and the colder than it should be, it was just, just really odd details that GM was given about this um, this item. And he managed to get back to the top of the hatch um, and starts checking it over. So I start doing a load of detection tests. Some I passed, some I didn't. Found it was elaborately engraved. It was an item of interest. It was black. It was possibly iron. No obvious hinges or catches. It was a perfect cube with nothing that was obviously the language on it. So it's like this little item of mystery sort of thing. And that kind of, I think, was all happening while Brucey was leaving the pyramid and he caught up with his little cat pig friend again. And I think you managed to hitch a ride Crash Bandicoot style on it, didn't you, Mark? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because you got wounded, yeah. didn't you? Oh, that's right. Yeah, because that all happened in in like the first two rounds in the third round the other mysterious enemy started absolutely wailing on all of us so yeah he ended up shooting at brucey and got shot in the back didn't he a couple of times yeah, and that's yeah. when you grabbed the piggyback yeah aurelia was already down and unconscious crow took a shed load of hits because he got charged, didn't he? Crow got charged by the by the dude who was attacking him with a flipping power sword. Yeah, got hit in the left arm. Uh, yeah. he got hit in the right arm. He got chest damage, and I think at that point, Crow fell prone and unconscious. And from then on, Crow was out of action as well. Didn't even get a go on that round. So didn't yeah. get a turn. That's right, because Crow didn't even get a chance to hit back, did he? He just got utterly taken apart, almost literally by this. Yeah, just kick the bejesus out of him. And while this is all going on, Aurelia's bleeding out on the floor. Crow's now laying next to her, bleeding out on the floor. Bruce is bleeding out, but grabbing a piggyback from the from the uh, from the cat pig. Sasada is down, but his wounds are healing where the where the spider pig has licked them. But Deadeye, you're making your way out of the the combat area aren't you well i managed to walk back up the stairs without falling down them again so that was a plus um so yeah i get to the 
top of the stairs, as I said, I investigate this box. One of the things, uh, I shake the box and nothing rattles. So I'm, I'm really obsessed with this box, just trying to check out what it is. You know, Sarah's sort of drip feeding me things and trying to like, she's like, she's like, do you want to open it? Do you want to try and open it? Do you want to open it? I'm like, nah, <laughs> we see nah. it, and we're all sat there going, don't try and open it! <laughs> <laughs> I think... I learnt my lesson from the last Seek and Destroy we did where uh, G's character picked up that weapon and ended up being possessed. Hey, so, it worked yeah. out in the end. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out for me in the end of this one. So basically, you know, Deadeye's a mercenary. He just wants to get paid at the end of the day. And he hadn't had a response from everyone. So we legged it, basically. Legged it off the compound and camped until he uh, camped outside in the forest. I think I was given one last chance to open it while I was there as well. You were sat and yeah. hunched over in the firelight and in like uh, campfire, the darkness yeah. around you, yeah. And I, still said, I was like, he's a mercenary. He's not, I was trying to play it as characterfully as possible. You know, he's a mercenary. He just wants to get paid. He doesn't care what the thing is. Essentially, Dead Eye gets picked up and hands over the box, gets handsomely paid, and he's quite happy, and he's out of there. And uh, that was effectively the end of the mission. There was a time lapse, wasn't there? Because what, what Dead Eye was doing was like two days later while everybody else finished their turns, right? That's right, because the way that Sarah, the GM, uh, described it was that he'd managed to get out of the immediate threat area and he'd spent sort of a day and a half going out to a to a secondary sort of extraction point, um, which is where the ship came in to pick him up. And then the Inquisitor dispatched another ship and a, and a sort of Medicaid party to go down and retrieve anybody that was still alive. But when they got there, there was no sign of enemy at all. And even the one that Crow had taken down, there was nobody. It had just been taken. Isn't it at this point where we all got a bit of a shock? It was a revelation, wasn't there? Yeah. It was. A revelation. <laughs> well, yeah. So, so uh, yeah. go for it. Well, I believe we went into like a sort of debriefing stage. And yep. I kind of had to reveal that before the mission... I'd had an email from Sarah to basically say I was secretly working for a different Inquisitor. Uh, and my mission was to escape with this box uh, on my own for the other Inquisitor and try and get it away from you guys. Now, sadly, obviously, that didn't happen quite spectacularly, but uh, it was quite an interesting <laughs> look on your faces when I told you what was going on. We were all like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Dirty, so, traitorous bastard. It was so much fun playing it as well. And I'm quite pleased I didn't give it away. So, um, yeah. We did say as well, like, I think I said, oh, I was thinking about going back to you guys. And you were like, if you had gone back for me, I would have stabbed you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> because didn't you have, um, didn't she specify that you had to use any means necessary if it came down to it? Pretty much. It was, yeah, retrieve the, um, uh, the artifact. Yeah, any means necessary. There are no rules. Just literally just, yeah get it for myself whether i could whether it was um leaving you guys alive and just ending up with it or killing you all either way all i had to do was get the box off the planet for the other inquisitor what was brilliant about that was obviously i wrote the mission you know generally i had no idea she'd done that at all <laughs> what because what she did was she 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 just ran with the whole um, concept of the whole team being made up of mercenaries apart from bruce yeah because he was the only one that wasn't a mercenary, of course, and he, so he was working for Inquisitor Smith. Um, but everybody else was a mercenary that had been sort of called in for their, you know, for their reputations or what have you. So she really ran with that. And then 
dropped that on us at the end of it. And we're like, what? But yeah, it was really good. And uh, she played that really well, I thought. It's a bit of a shame it never came to fruition, but like, it just makes... It's it's cool in a way because the characters still have no idea. Yeah. Um, although we do, we obviously know, but for the next... You know, and it, it, it's kind of like gloves off, anything can happen when we do the next one, you know, so... It's yeah. exciting. And um, it, was, it was at that point she, she did confirm our well our sort of suspicions wasn't it about who the enemies were because i can't remember i think it was was it graham you you thought graham they were eldari the, didn't you yeah the, 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 thing about the, the cloaks the way the descriptions were going it made me think of um because only because i remember playing them before you can get to you quite a lot james and they caused me a lot of problems they were um eldari rangers mm. i believe but they weren't though they 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 were range Eldari Ranger-ish, weren't they? They were actually Exodites, I think she said. That's right. Yes, that's right. Yeah, Sorry, yes. Because their equipment, they were both. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. We found out they were um, they were brothers as well. They were twins. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, which is why that. the second one absolutely wailed on everybody else when um, when Crow took out his brother. So yeah, because they were they both had Eldari long rifles like ranger long rifles i'm sure one of them had yes that's right one of them had a power sword because he's what basically took crow apart and the other one had a couple of um sort of power knives and they had plasma grenades and everything as well because she did tell us didn't she what they actually were equipped with and they had like comedian cloaks and armor and nasty stuff so yeah they were nasty that their um their close combat abilities alone were horrific but their shooting ones their shooting ability was pretty pretty awesome as well wasn't it with those long rifles yeah they caused a lot of damage both range and uh, close combat and i think we said last episode yeah kind of the tactics went a bit wrong on this one and they were just too good to just run up to so uh, yeah definitely a lesson for next time well to be honest with you i i don't know how anybody else thought but at one point, I really did think that our our team was actually facing more enemies than we actually were. Yeah, I thought there were more than two. I definitely thought. Although that being said, Deadeye didn't get a scratch. He 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 got in and out of there. I don't think I lost a single. Um, well, I apart from when you threw you down, down the stairs. Damage. Apart from falling down the stairs. You know, I didn't take any fire or any melee damage. So, yeah. Be more Deadeye, guys. Come on. <laughs> oh, but that was it. That, and that was the end of the mission. And it was, uh, well, it was quite eventful. So it'll be interesting to see, well, really now what happens with next year, when we do next year's uh, mission, if we're all going to take the same characters or what's going to happen with Aurelia in terms of her now working for it. Well, we don't know they do. We We don't know if the next mission is going to be the same. She's still working for a new Inquisitor or whether she's been uh, taken off the payroll for that Inquisitor and is now doing something different. I think different. she should be abandoned for absolute failure. Traitor, a scumbag. Doesn't, yeah, she doesn't deserve another chance. I, you know, disgusting. Though. And well, important question, perhaps the most important question of all, does Bruce now have little spider pig is sarah going to allow him to have a little pet does it follow him does it befriend him 
be more worried be about whether he's got little spider this things is, slash this human is babies. This is a good <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. But wait, in serious note, though, it, it could be anything, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be Aurelia. It could be anything could happen with any of the... Like you said, they're a band of mercenaries, apart from Brucey. Um, they're a band of mercenaries, so any of them could get given a, you know, a side mission or like, yeah. you know, a, an objective that's contrary to the rest of the team's mission. You know, so anything could happen. It doesn't necessarily have to be Aurelia, and you know, we're all going to be suspicious of each other next year. I think none of us know what to do or what to say to anyone. So, yeah, yeah. Well, that could be really cool. Anything to wrap up from anybody? Don't run headless. Like a headless chicken or someone to build it over to just smash anything that turns up. I <laughs> didn't go well for you at all, did it? <laughs> no, it worked quite well in previous missions and com- confrontations, but not this one. I think where we got better in seek, seek and destroy with the Space Marines, you know, all talking to each other and coming up with a strategy, we just haven't in Inquisitor. We just sort of run ahead again. It kind point. of, it kind of. Um, goes with them being mercenaries and not really being a team they just go off on their own thing and that's why we got torn to shreds is because everyone was kind of off doing their own thing a little bit i think you know sasada just marching in glowing like a a nightlight didn't help at all so well he drew fire from the rest of us for a few turns that helped yeah (laughs) that's that then for another year then guys so we shall wait with bated breath to see what happens next year. What unless she's got up her sleeve for us then. So thanks very much, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Cheers, guys. That was awesome. Speak soon. SC and Hobby World is a small independent hobby store, initially run from a small news agent in Corby, Northamptonshire. It has since expanded to a web store. The web store offers a 20% discount on all Games Workshop models available via their trade sales and 10% discount on models available on Games Workshop's web-only store. Being added to our mailing list gives you an extra 5% discount. This can be applied to Games Workshop trade and web products as well as other product lines. We also stock products from Warlord Games and Asmodee such as Bold Action, Star Wars Legion, a Song of Ice and Fire and Marvel Crisis Protocol. As well as miniature war games, we also stock trading card games such as Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z and Magic the Gathering to name but a few. Find our web store at scandhobbyworld.com Find us on Facebook and Instagram at scandhobbyworld For more information, email us at SC and Hobby World at Outlook.com. So we just heard from our friends over at SCN Hobby World. They're awesome over there. If you've got any hobby needs or need any kits or anything like that and you want up to 25% off of standard GW prices, they're the place to go. They're awesome. So next up, we're talking about GW's new releases. Should we kick off with the Chaos Corner? Are you great? Yeah, to be fair, there's not too much Chaos in the Chaos Corner. <laughs> uh, the Chaos uh, release window is kind of... In terms of the Marines, has kind of been and gone. Uh, the Demons have come out, I think, since we last spoke. Nothing major in the model department. A lot of updated rules, really. Um, 
I think with 40k, the majority of the new models have come from the the leagues of Votan, mm. which uh, which have been teased for well quite a while now. Because if you think they were initially launched on the first of April, weren't they? Because they were like the April Fool's joke. Yeah, that, that was actually mm. true. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they do um, look good though. Those Votan models, they do. do. Look they do look really good. I think the and apparently they're really beasty good. as well. I was watching, so I can I can't remember the name of the 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 name of the uh, the small character, but you can buff him up with like three other things, and he he, he can basically take out like a Titan in like one shot or something. Whatever you know, yeah. whatever it was, but he's an absolute beast when he's around his friends and he's like tiny he's like that big <laughs> he's like you know and he'll just basically kill like demon princes in one round it's, it's ridiculous their offensive shooting is horrific apparently their medium range firepower is just like, yeah, like mul- multi-damage weapons and stuff i think it's interesting i'm not quite sure where they fit in their like spectrum of it because you know as we've talked about before the uh, warhammer community site's very good at telling you something but not actually telling you anything yeah <laughs> So it's very difficult to know where they sit. They feel they're a little bit like, almost like the sisters of, of battle, where they, they're not necessarily tough in themselves, but they've got good armour and good weapons. Mm. So I, I think they sort of sit somewhere in that in that kind of space, I think. But the um, yeah, the models, again, the vehicles particularly, are really cool. Like they've got these, um, I think it's like a smaller one and a big one. They almost look like very sort of classic sci-fi, like almost like um, like moon rover buggies. Oh, I was going to say they look they look a cross between like a beetle or a ladybug or something and you know like you say like a moon rover or something yeah, like that they look, they look you know they're very like round and shapey and you know bug eyed yeah they look really cool they, they look, look good if if NASA was in 40k that's what yeah, they look like. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's well cool I, so, my, my gut feeling from what I've read about them is that if you were playing against them, you'd want to get up close and personal very, very quickly. Because like, they haven't got a lot of close combat, I don't think. But I, if, if it were me, I'd be wanting to get up there with like my Howling Banshees or um, my uh, my Wolf Guard if I was playing my Space Wolves or something. I'd want to be getting right up in their grill straight away, or as quick as I could anyway, I think. Or you, your Blood Angels, Mark, you know, get them up there with their jump packs. Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? I'll be, um, I will be. Into- I don't know if there is one actually. I haven't actually looked on the Warhammer Plus website for ages, um, but I will be looking out for, you know, one of the first battle reports. Really. Yeah, and see cool. actually how they perform because yeah, they do look, yeah, they do look really, really good. Um, and yeah, my understanding of the lore of them is pretty good as well. Like they've just kind of like been on this ship for like God knows how many years, and now they've just kind of like come back as their own renegade force and things. I quite like, yeah. quite like the sound of that. Well, I think it's quite exciting that we've got a whole new faction. Well, I say new faction; it's an old faction that's come back after twenty odd years of being, you know, not being available because squats were always a thing. Um, right up until early nineties, it's. Re- I think it's really exciting that we've got that got that faction back, and it should sort of mix it up a little bit. Whether we'll ever, any of us will end up playing any, I don't know. But we've got. Well, no, because if they, yeah, if they're available, and I don't know if they, I don't know if they will be. I'm assuming they will be at some point, but they're not already. They will be one of my kill teams. So oh, yeah, cool. they, they will definitely be one of my kill teams. Like you know, they're just, they're just epic, aren't they? So uh, so we will get to play them at some point. That sounds good. Now, I think they suit themselves well, actually, to like a small team like that, because there are some really cool models in there. So, And then the other cool stuff that's come out is uh, the Horus Heresy stuff continues to be quite good. Now, there hasn't been the, the big releases that we've seen 
previously so there's no like big tanks or anything like that but they started to release a lot more upgrade kits and characters and Praetor models and stuff but what was very interesting is that Forge World have released a version of Horus but after the heresy yeah. so for years there's always been these Primarch models that represented them you know when they were still fighting for the Emperor sort of thing whereas now they're going into what they turned out to be and I think yep. it's called something like Horus Ascended or something like that I can't remember the exact term but they basically said yeah they're looking to release the Primarchs how they finished the heresy which is really cool because if you think especially on the evil side on the traitorous side what they might end up looking like they could be crazy <laughs> there won't be very many um loyal Primarchs will there well, I don't there'll, know there'll be a headless corpse for Ferris Manus. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if they're planning to do like a loyalist versions as well, but the the sort of the premise is being is yeah, they're going to be the traitor Primarch. So yeah, yeah again, no, quite excited right, to see what way. they're going to do with that. What's the model look like? The ascended Horus. He doesn't look that much different. Uh, the pose is obviously different, um, and he's obviously got more like sort of chaos iconography. So he doesn't look a whole lot different, to be mm. honest. I don't think. But it'd be interesting. Some of the you know fiction I've read around, like Fulgrim, for example, changes quite a lot, doesn't he? Oh yeah, um, yeah. Perturbo again, it becomes you know a lot more mechanical and stuff. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they turn out. I'd be genuinely interested to see whether the Ascended Horus is physically larger than the earlier one, because of course, when you read the Horus Heresy books, he's often described as having been bloat like physically bloated by the powers of chaos so he's a lot, lot a bigger shout. yeah mm. that's a good i don't know actually if there's a size comparison i'll have to um go back and see if i can find something but mm. um, again it's very cool it's a very again you know, as you'd expect it's a very cool model yeah yeah there's been some they, they keep dropping little um there was weapons packs, was it, a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. It was like heavy think, weapons packs, wasn't it? And special yeah, weapons them, and stuff. Yeah, they released them ages ago in terms of like previews, but I think they've only, yeah, not long come out, really. Yeah, um, actually out for pre-order and stuff. Yeah, but they've been working, like I said, as I said before, they've been working their way through all the upgrade kits, which have been pretty cool, and now it's starting to bring out, yeah, all these character models. Um, I think literally this week, actually, they've brought out two Death Guard creators that look quite cool. Wicked. Uh, and some Emperor's Children ones that were also really awesome so uh, mm. as expected they're just keeping that whole game system you know just full of amazing models so yeah it's exciting well speaking of amazing models there's been some awesome necromunda releases over the last couple of months well since our last episode really there's been the goliath gang bikes uh the ash waste bikes oh they're amazing which are they, they, they sound wicked. They're like half tracks, aren't they? Half track on the rear end and uh, front end sort of wheels. Yeah, massive, massive like wheels, spiky chunky wheels. wheels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's them. There's uh, oh, and obviously for me, I'm well chuffed about this. The Escher cutters, the sort of jet bikey, cuttery type hover things that the that the Escher have got. I'm well excited mm. about those. All that muscle, but not enough brain cells to realize when you're seven ways dead. However, I haven't bought the, well, I'm not going to be buying the models because, shout out to Dave the Legend Smith, hello mate, he's scratch built three for me. Properly scratch built them from bits out of his bits box and some Escher bodies and some Drakari bodies and stuff like that. So I've got three 
utterly unique Escher cutters. So oh, I've put nice. some pics up on the on the podcast, um, Facebook and everything like that. And I I will have them by next weekend, Mark, when we have our next Necromunda game. So you'll be able to see them. Uh, and I am going to be taking them somewhere pretty special, which we'll talk about in a minute. So there's those. There's uh, there's been some Forge World releases. Talking about Forge World uh, for Necromunda as well. There's a a Goliath um, Forge Tyrant. I th- I believe they're called Forge Tyrants. Basically, they're they're kind of uh, they're leaders. Um, there's a new Forge World model for that. It's like a limited edition. I think it might actually be a store only, you know, Warhammer World only model. There's been a, uh, I can't remember the exact name, but it's a guy who's got speakers on his shoulders and like a placard banner thing. Um, he's like a propaganda type dude. I wish I could remember what the proper title for him is, but that's another Forge World model as well. There's been quite a lot of good stuff actually for, for Necromunda lately. And of course, the new Cinderac Burning Book has just dropped, which includes a whole new campaign about the Cinderac Burning Calamity that happens there. And it includes the rules for the Goliath uh, Ashways bikes and, of course, the Escher Cutters. So that was out for release uh, at the time of recording last weekend, and it came out on Saturday. So uh, I've got my electronic version, so, I've got, so, I, so I could get the rules for these gorgeous Escher cutters that are in the post on the way to me right now. Yeah, huge thanks to Dave Legend Smith there for doing those. I mean, he's just blown me away with what he's done with those. Um, wait, wait until you see them. I think you're going to be well impressed with them. So I think that's all of the releases in terms of anything that I can think of anyway. Yeah, that's the main bottom, yeah. I think. So just need to say goodbye to Greg because he's got a shoot off. Uh, thanks for joining us, buddy. Thanks again, mate. And uh, as always, it's been a pleasure. Take care. And something to mention actually now, but you've got Magic the Gathering. Have yes. you seen have you seen the well I say have you seen? But the you know the artwork for those cards, um, yeah. they've got like um uh, they've got like the kind effects, tyranny kind effects, they've got something else in there and something else with it. There's a few. Um but they look epic. Like I'm half tempted just to buy the cards just because the artwork on them is amazing. And I can imagine yeah. they'll end up being like some sort of limited edition thing. But that's, I was, I was quite surprised when I read that and came out. Because obviously I'm not really into Magic again. I don't know huge amounts about it, but I do know it is quite a big game. Cause it's been around for ages, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it, there's a there's a whole community around it. That's my yeah, understanding yeah. anyway. But um, yeah, that'd be, I've, I've read that that's happening, but I don't know if it's, I don't know if they're out now, are they, or are they coming out later? I don't know if they're out now. They've previewed a lot of the cards, if not all of them. Um, and like I say, they they do look gnarly. Um, yeah, because when they came out, they said, you know, it's going to be based on 40k, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, and I can't assume it would be like some kind of like loose connection or something, but they are literally like the models, like on the cards. Um, oh man, that's well cool. You know, so it is literally, you know, you'd be playing Magic the Gathering, and then I believe, like I say, Tyranid Carnifex will come out of the ground or something. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> But yeah, no, it does. They, they look really good, actually. They look really good. But yeah, I've never played Magic yet. I still don't exactly how much about them, but I'm sure people who do play it will be will be well happy with those. Yeah, I would imagine it will draw more people into starting to play it as well. But yeah. um, I've never played it. But yeah, it should be should be quite interesting. Their artwork has always been 
out of this world. It's just been so good for as long as I can remember it, you know, and I haven't been able to see it for the last nearly 20 years. So from yeah. what I can remember is awesome. And uh, I, from what I can understand from you guys, it's, it's just got better and better and better. So as well. Yeah, good. it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, the people where it's their job just to create that artwork, they, they must be pretty happy in life right now. I'm trying to think what else there's been uh, new release wise. Well, there's, there's been, been quite a lot of AOS, but I'll be honest, I haven't really looked into it much. Like every email seems to come out to me at the moment has got some kind of connection to AOS. Yeah, AOS stuff's kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit for me this year because obviously we all started sort of collecting the armies and stuff. We had a couple of games and then 9th edition 40k came out and we started getting into Necromunda. But yeah, I'm quite looking forward to getting getting into it a bit more sort of moving forward and everything because obviously I've got my army you've got the night horns that you finished building now haven't you? yeah they've all been there yeah, they've all been finished building well, I've inherited from my granddad anyway um, he is still alive but I've been inherited from my granddad a, um, a spray gun oh cool um, thing so um, I am going to use that on the night horns because I always I didn't want to because they're so like because of the way they are and there's so many of them like it was it would take ages to fade it all in so I think I'm going to trial it with the spray gun and sort of see how see because i've got all the patents i yeah. just need to um yeah figure out how the spray gun works actually do it but yeah but they're all built and obviously i do have you know my blooms by gits you know box sets and stuff to build but yeah a bit like you man i've just been um this is what to build me i mean our um, problem is we've got so wrapped up with necromunda but we'll come back to that in we a have. Minute. <laughs> yeah, we'll come back to that. you know it's quite funny look because you know, I'm speaking to more and more people about what I just, you know, just in general conversation, like, you know, whether they, you know, asking, you know, what, what you're into, what your hobbies, et cetera, et cetera. Because, because I just thought oh, I enjoy it a lot more now anyway. So I've just been mentioning it a lot more. Oh, I did, did Warhammer, blah, blah, blah. And I tell you what, I'm, I'm coming across so many people now that yeah. actually play Warhammer that you wouldn't expect. Yeah. And it's really nice, like, to, like, to do that. So, like, when, like, when we was in uh, Egypt the other month, and uh, you know the girls and misses and that they were you know they were on this on their open water course doing their paddy open water course and there was these two people there um, they had a really good conversation with them blah 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 you know they then came out on the boat with me on the fourth day and the girls didn't come on that day and within about five minutes of talking to these two people you know they were halfway across the world like as far as living goes you know and they were massively into Warhammer so we just yeah. spent this whole day on the boat like in between like watching like clownfish like talking about Warhammer 40k <laughs> yeah it's um, well cool isn't it it's 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 brilliant and uh on a different note my neighbor two doors down who I've lived next to for the last four years I've just found out that he's a massive Warhammer 40k fan he's a chaos player he's got a corn army so a bit, a bit <gasps> like Jimbo but yeah so I don't know if he's got all the new codexes and stuff but that could be gnarly but yeah but he's a big 40k fan he's also just started collecting Flesh Terror Court for AOS as well bought loads of box sets for that as well so um, so yeah but he doesn't play because he's got no one to play with so well now he has now he has yes <laughs> I was like yeah you know so I was just rounding like looking at his models I was like no come back to mine come back to mine now come and see my models yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. come yeah, and look at mag ties yeah exactly oh that's well cool <laughs> you know so it is good I think the community is massive well, it's really funny you should say that because Quirk is gone now because he's had to shoot off but he was only saying to me the other day that he had the very same thing happen to him he was at a work thing at Nando's or something um, last mm -hmm. weekend and he was sat right next to somebody she sat there and uh, they were talking about what they're going to be doing at the weekends blah 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 
Quirky mentioned uh, doing the Seek and Destroy RPG, and she asked what yeah. it was about, and he said 40k and blah, 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 blah. And they, that was it. They were talking about 40k for like two yeah. hours, you know. Yeah. And uh, she's like, yeah, yeah, I've been into it for years and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's well you know, cool. It's, it's good. It's really good. So, so we might have a new player. Need to get him into Necromunda. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> That's exactly what I was telling him. I was just like, you know, we're, we're currently playing Necromunda all the time at the moment. And um, I was like, you definitely need to come down and play Necromunda. So I was like, if you like 40k, you're going to love this. Um, yeah. But he also does D&D as well. So he's good. Oh, cool. Playing stuff. So, you know, and D&D's oh. another one as well. Like, you know, finding more and more people that are into that. Obviously, I don't play D&D yet, but I, I, I really want to get into it. Well, I had a massive right. influx of new people. Um, of course, when the pandemic happened, didn't it? Yeah. So, finally, then to uh, to wrap up the show, Mark and I are going away for the weekend soon, aren't we, mate? We are going away for the weekend soon. Yes. So yeah. we've even booked a hotel and everything. We're excited, <laughs> mate. You're gonna you're gonna you. start rumours. Yeah, me and you and our toys. <laughs> So what we're doing is uh, we're going to Sumpcom, which is run by the Sump City Radio crew. So big shout out to Steve and Chris. We're hugely looking forward to this. I am so excited. It's the first event I've been to for like 20 years. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be wicked. It's the first event I've ever been to. Mm, breaking yeah. your event virgin. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, exactly. What we've got to do, so for anybody that doesn't know, uh, SumpCon is a Necromunda event. It's only the second one, actually. There was The first one was last year, and everybody going takes a gang. You've got a certain amount of credits to spend on your gang, and there's some certain criteria which you're sent out um, in your sort of joining pack. We've all submitted our gangs by now. Uh, at the time of recording we've all submitted them so we can just gone so what we've got written down is what we're taking so what are you taking mate i'm taking my enforcers that i've got built up you know i i when we actually first started playing with the enforcers I think because they're quite points heavy they are massively points heavy like the weapons are expensive everything's expensive the models are expensive um you know, we, we, we were playing like quite small games. I'll be honest, I didn't really think that much to the enforcers. But actually, the last game that we played with 1500 points, I think if you got 1500 to 2000 points, like, you know, enforcers can actually really come into their own because you can really bring in the weapons choices. And I sort of found like a newfound love for them. So actually, I, <laughs> I am really looking forward to taking them to, to some cop. But yeah, I think there's eight models in total, a mixture just between, you know, just the uh, just the dudes on their own and then uh, upgrades to uh, subjugators so which are the guys with the riot shields and, and, and a bit more enhanced armor for those who don't really know I've managed to pick up a few war points that I didn't pick up on when we were playing them before as well so that's kind of enhanced it all a little bit but yeah but actually as a little gang you know when you've got big points worth and you've got the bolters and you've got everything else and you delve in that that I am I am looking forward to it I yeah, I, I, I'm sure I'll get annihilated, but I'm looking forward to it nonetheless. <laughs> well, this is this is it, isn't it? It's like, oh man! So I'm taking my Escher, obviously. So I've got ten models in total in my gang, and I've gone similar to you actually. I've gone for a real, quite a, a, a broad mix of uh, long range to short range shooting. Uh, mm. I've got some 
bloody strong close combat um, fighters in there. I've also gone with the models that I've got. So they're all going to be um, what you see is what you get in terms of what they're armed with and stuff, just to make it easier, not only for, for you know my opponents, but also for me trying to remember everything. You know, that reminds me, actually. Um, obviously, a, a, a big part of Necromunda is... Um, is the facing of your model. And I was trying to figure out a way that I could easily identify the facing of my models in terms of, you know, what they're fighting against in close combat or pointing towards in terms of shooting. So basically, I bought these little... <laughs> I bought this little sticky, tiny little Diamante... Um, well, stickers, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, they're like little false stones. They're tiny. They're like a millimetre. <laughs> and basically, I just stuck them on the edge um, of of each of the bases. So, as as you as an opponent would can see that that's a that's clearly the direction they're facing. But of course, they're tactile. They they stick out with the bump, so I can yeah. feel with my fingertip in the direction. And of course, I can just peel them off when we get back from the um, you know, good, from yeah. the thing. And for the for the sake of what two quid I think it cost me for like a thousand of these things, I've got them yeah. coming out of every orifice. So <laughs> I thought that was a really good little um, a good little fix because I was I was really quite worried about how you know I need to make sure I'm on this because that's one of the things yeah. that I found you know in our games that we've been having while we've been learning the game and everything. That's been one of the hardest things is figuring out what bloody direction my fighters are facing. So mm. that just a tiny little fix has actually made a big difference. And obviously, I'm, I've got them on the models now, so I'll be using them at the weekend for our next game. But uh, yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm really, really excited about that. So um, obviously, put the list together and submitted it to to the guys at, at, at SCR. So it's all ready to rock and roll. So on the eighth and ninth of October, we'll be there, probably absolutely getting our asses handed to us. Yeah, because let's face it, we're. Uh, we're still learning the rules. Yeah, we're still learning the rules. We're getting better, though. But it's, um, yeah, I mean, we haven't even started using, you know, tactics cards or anything yet. No, um, no, we, we're still very, very new. You know, but, it, you know, it was like when we were speaking to, you know, he, he was just going through, like, you know, some of the upgrades and stuff like that. And he was like, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. And we were both just like, what? <laughs> yeah. but yeah but I, I, I'm really looking forward to it I think it's going to be really really good really good fun and I think it will um, yeah help to solidify a lot of our you know understanding of the rules um, and I'm sure we'll walk away with it and think I took a really bad game choice to that <laughs> but yeah. you know but maybe well, we won't maybe we won't maybe, well, maybe well, we'll well, even well, win a few well, maybe. I mean we can we can live in hope can't we but uh, <laughs> I think the thing with Necromunda for me is Unlike if we make a comparison with 40k, it's so much more narrative driven that I don't think it's about making the most powerful gang list. I mean, I've gone for real Escher flavour in my gang. I mean, it, you, I mean, obviously they're Escher models, but you could just look at it on paper. And if I hadn't put Escher in the title of the gang or anything, you'd look at it and be like, oh, that is definitely an Escher gang just by what I've taken yeah. and the thing and the abilities I've given and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, I really love that. And I think that's one of the things that I, um, I've enjoyed about this game so much is you can be so characterful. One of my gangers is named after my missus, Sarah. So the, the, the ganger name is Saz. And Sarah loves it in action movies where somebody's got a shotgun, you know. So Saz, my ganger, has got, has got a shotgun, 
with uh, solid and scatter ammo and acid rounds as well, just because it's cool, you know. Yeah, so exactly. just little bits of flavour like that. And uh, yeah, so I, I think it's going to be brilliant. What I'm really looking forward to, well, well, I don't know how you feel about this. I'm excited about it, but I'm really quite nervous about it as well as playing other people you know people that are going to be massively more experienced than us but i'm going to really take the opportunity to really learn from them and uh, and well just have fun really i think that's it i think it's just a case you know i think there will be a, a big you know difference in people's skill set there and i think you, you know you're going to have people that are going to know the rules inside now and then you're just going to get you know like say people like us who are, are for argument's sake novices to this game um you know, and I think it's just going to be a case of just, you know, whenever you're going up against someone, I think it's, it's just a case of, look, you know, we've only played a couple of games, so just bear with me if I have to double check against, you know, my rule sheet yeah. or this or that or whatever. You know, but I think most people will understand. But, you know, again, it's just asking the question and taking the knowledge from the other people that are there. But, yeah, it should be, it should be a really fun weekend. I'm, 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 I am looking forward to it. Well, reading through the, um, through the rules pack uh, that we were sent, and I really love the way that the there's the whole sort of narrative of how the missions join together and all that sort of stuff. So um, so for anybody that doesn't know, Sumpcom this year is called Sumpcom 2 Promethium Boogaloo. And uh, it's all about getting Promethium uh, for use in the ash wastes and, and for fueling, you know, sort of heat and stuff like that in the underhive. So it means that people can take ash waste gangs or um, underhive gangs or a gang which sort of straddles both of those sectors and things. The Escher cutters that I was talking about earlier that um, I'll, I'll have by the time we go, I am going to take them mainly so I can show them off because they're just yeah. awesome. But um, I won't be using them in the games because obviously we've submitted our gangs, you know, yeah. a week or so ago now. So I, I can't, I've got no... Um, I've got no scope to add them to the gang to be used but I'm going to take them along so people can see them and stuff but yeah you know being able to have a mixed gang like that you know some vehicles for ash waste and, and sort of some infantry for want of a better phrase for um, yeah. in the hive or on the ash waste I think would be really really cool yeah I'll be really interested to observe the ash waste games actually to see how the vehicles work and everything yeah, and I, you know, and I think that's it, isn't it? You know, we're not going to be playing games like all day, so you know, I think no. I'd, again, that's something I'm quite looking forward to. Like I say, it's just actually just taking back and just watching other people play, um, yeah. you know, and seeing all the different armies and stuff play, and or, let's say, say armies or even gangs play. You know, it should be good. It should be good fun. And, and, and like you say, the vehicles, which we haven't even, I haven't even looked at the rules vehicles. So yeah. So uh, again, it'll just be understanding how all of that works and. You know how how the dynamics of it all work and everything else. You know, I think it's because um, it is a really good game. I didn't I didn't think I would I, I didn't know what I was going to think of it when we first started playing. But yeah, since we played that very first game, it's all it's, it's fun. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I'm utterly hooked. Utterly, mm. um, it's just so so good. You've really got to listen to some of the um, Necromunda <clears throat> audio books, mate. You, they're, they're so good. Yeah. Yeah, 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 really, yeah. Really I'll good. To, yeah. I will get around to it at some point. So there you go. So we've got our last game this weekend before we go to Sumpcom next weekend, <laughs> basically. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so bring it on. 
you got your 1500 creds of enforcers i've got my 1500 creds of escher i've tweaked my list ever so slightly since our last game just changed a couple of things and i think i've i mean it's submitted now so i can't change it back um <laughs> so yeah we'll see, we'll see what happens yeah well, this is it but I, I end up not making any changes to mine in the end we've got a bit too busy but i'm quite happy with how it is so those we'll ones are the bloody shields that you had last time i hate them shields and flipping grenade launchers attached to them i mean <sighs> well uh, yeah well the things are now now i've actually read all the rules probably and understand how they actually work a bit better they they are they are actually a bit more worth the points <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> so yeah we're gonna see how it you know how it goes and you know like i say the grenades and everything else that goes with it you know even the bolters though to be fair you know just having those bolters back in my gang as well is just a massive you know a massive boost because they are devastating yeah they are well it is well, this is this is the thing, isn't it? Because of course we're so used to bolters in forty k. It's just your standard weapon, isn't it? You just don't yeah. think anything of it. You get it in yeah. Necromunda. Yeah. Your average weapon in Necromunda is like an auto pistol, and yeah. then you get some dude rocking up with a bolt gun, and you're like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, they, they are gnarly. They are gnarly. So, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. So there you go. So watch this space. Uh, We'll definitely be back to talk about our experience. We're both well excited, as you can probably hear. So, yeah, until next time. So thanks for joining me, mate, and speak to you soon. No worries. And you, buddy. Take care. So while we're talking about Necromunda, those of you that listened to the last episode, I'm sure you'll remember that we had Steve, Chris, and Dan from the Sum City Radio crew on for the new segment called New Scummers. This month, Ray and Mark and I all went across to the Dome Runners, where the Crimson Oracle hosted us for our first part of the New Scummers segment. So if you're following the New Scummers section, or indeed if you want to start following the New Scummers section, check out our last episode, episode 9, for the Sum City Radio Crew segment, and head across to the Dome Runners to check out our segment on their show. The Sum City Radio Crew will be hosting the dome runners on their show soon so check that out as well that's it for this episode we hope you enjoyed it and thanks for listening don't forget you can drop us a line on social media or email us at plus one to hit podcast at gmail.com details in the show notes until next time may the dice gods be with you